This is DJ Dr. Chris. And this is your favorite nurse practitioner, Bree. Today I'm going to be talking about posture. And I'm going to give you the definition of herd immunity. And after that, we're going to pop the bottle and see what comes out. I'm so excited. So Bree, what's going on? Nothing much. Just been hanging out the house. We start the office opens back up, so I'll be doing full-time Monday through Friday, starting pretty much in a day. So I'm taking in these last moments of quarantine. Yeah, I think I got to take one more week and just wait it out a little more. That's what I'm thinking. Hmm. Plus, I got a few more projects around the house I got to finish. <laughs> but I'm almost out of projects. And once I'm out of projects, time to sell the house. <laughs> well, oh, Juliana would be happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want me to start today? Sure. Okay, yes. so in the rehab corner, I'm going to be talking about posture. So posture is sort of a big word, not a long word, but an important one. Everyone talks about posture. Uh, people sort of perseverate on it. Everyone thinks their posture is bad. How's your posture, Bree? What do you think? Um, my posture, depending on the day, is either good or bad. Like if you're tired or not, or what do you mean by that? If I'm paying attention or not. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of talk on the internet about posture doesn't matter. Some people say it's all about posture. Some people think posture doesn't matter at all. What do you think? You think it's somewhere in the middle? Oh, no, I think posture matters a great bit. Um, it helps. I mean, if you have poor posture, you can have um, damage to your cervical spine, your thoracic spine, your lumbar spine, which then can lead to other problems. So I feel like you should really focus on posture. The issue is when is the best time to start? Right. I, why? So I think it's sort of in the middle. I don't think it's all about posture. And, I, and you know, the camp that says it doesn't matter, I don't think that's exactly true either. The way I see posture is it's, um, it's a clue. So when I do an evaluation, I, I do look at posture because it gives me sort of indicators. Okay? If your shoulders are rounded forward and your, your hands are pointing inward, your shoulders are internally rotated. So that's a clue that maybe your pec is tight or your lat or your subscapular. So I'm going to look there. Or if your low back is rounded, maybe your hip flexors are tight. Or maybe there's a weakness somewhere. So for me, it gives me clues. But I don't think it's necessary the culprit, right? I think it is more of a symptom of something underlying, such as a tight hip flexor. So you don't feel like having poor posture causes the tight hip flexor? You think the tight hip flexor causes the poor posture? Exactly. I think if you work at a desk 40 hours a week and you develop tight hip flexors, when you stand up, it's going to tend to put you into a little more of a curve, a little more lordosis. So I don't think lordosis is necessarily the problem. I think it's a symptom of some sort of behavior that's led to a sort of a minor dysfunction. That's how I see it. So that's, you know, where I look at, when I do an evaluation, I look at static posture. What I care more about is more of like active posture. Right? Posture just really means position. That's all it really means. So static position, yeah, it gives you some clues. Active position, that's what I care about. What do, what's your back look like when you pick up something heavy? What's it look like in your hip when you stand on one leg or walk? 
What's it look like when you lunge or go up and down stairs? What happens to your biomechanics? That to me is way more important and it can be way more insidious. So that, that's, well, I mean, but that still has to do with posture, right? Well, let's put it this way. If you had tight hip flexors and lordotic curved your spine, is that going to cause you to go into like a hip drop when you walk? Not necessarily. That's more of a, a weak glute, weak glute medius. Or what if your knee caves in when you squat? Is that due to a tight flexor? No, but there's an insufficiency somewhere. So it can, it can start off your evaluation and point you in some, you know, in the right direction. But if you focus too much on it, I think it can lead you astray. That's where I'm at. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. But then it takes me back to my first question. So when someone says they um, have back pain and it's the upper back, but their posture is bad because they sit at a desk all day. Uh -huh. So do you think they had the back pain first? Or do you think the posture from curving over looking at a computer all day caused the back pain? Well, I think they sort of tie into each other, right? So this is what I'm saying. It's not that it doesn't matter. It does matter, right? If you sit with an arched back all day and you're just, your muscles are disengaged, you're basically leaning on the ligaments of your spine. Over time, those ligaments will get overstretched and you're causing instability. So it does matter to an extent. But the other thing too is if you're always sitting in that rounded sort of shrimp back posture, you're going to develop sort of stiffnesses on one side and looseness on the other. So you can address it by the right combination of stretching and strengthening. What I don't think works that well is to say, okay, sit up straight all day. <laughs> I, just th I think it's uh, unrealistic. It is very unrealistic because yeah. that's what I have to do all day and it's not fun. Yeah. And I mean, how well is that? Okay. You know, I tell patients the less time you can spend in a bad position, the better. Sometimes I'll tell them to put my card, my business card, with my name there right by their desk. So it's like a little cue to remind themselves to sit up a little straighter. But it's not, I don't spend a lot of time saying this is what you need to do. I spend more time on strengthening muscles of the back so that they can stay in a better position longer. Because what happens is the, mu the muscles fatigue out and then you collapse into a bad position. And then you, le then you lean on sort of the passive structure of your body, like the ligaments. So. Okay. That's how I address it. Well, I guess we all need to pay attention to our posture as well as our bodies telling us that something may be a little out of whack. But um, I can see, I feel like that's very informative and people, it probably helps a lot of people think because maybe if their hips start hurting, they'll start focusing on that pain before it gets even worse. Well, I want people to realize that, you know, if their posture is not the greatest, it's not the end of the world. There are things that they can do to fix it. And, um, you know, just trying to be conscious of the posture might not be the solution. I can see that. All right. What do you got for me? So with your dose of breed today, we are going to be discussing herd immunity. I mean, there's so much talk about that going on in the news and on social media and just pretty much everywhere that I go. 
lately. So I figured it'd be a good time to just give a good definition of it, what it means to me, what it means to you, what most Americans thinks it means. Um, so you, um, when you hear herd immunity, what do you think that it means? I think it means that the population becomes immune to a virus, either due to developing immunities or from vaccination, like, you know, like the polio virus. Well, see, that's pretty much what the definition is. So if you define herd immunity, it pretty much means the resistance to the spread of a contagious disease within a population that results if a sufficient high portion of the individuals are immune to the disease, either through vaccination or by, um, <coughs> excuse me, or by um, contracting the disease. So the issue I'm having right now with people and herd immunity is, I know everyone is scared because we don't have a vaccine yet, but there's a more natural way to get herd immunity. Um, I'm not saying people should go out there and just try to contact, like, you know, contract COVID-19 or the coronavirus, but I feel like everybody's like, oh, if you don't wear a mask, you know, you, you look like a, like some kind of alien and people are trying to attack you because they think you're like giving off this disease to them. It's like, if you have the mask on, you need to calm down, like <laughs> chill out for a second. Just because I'm not wearing a mask doesn't mean that I have the virus, first of all. Second of all, if you have the mask on, you're protecting yourself. So therefore, you should not get it from me, especially if you're washing your hands like you're supposed to. Um, but that's like my thing. Like, I don't think enough people understand, like, even if we all wear masks and we all stay in the house, as soon as we go out back out into the world or and go out to eat and start going to the beach and start just socializing with people again the virus will start spreading again which is not necessarily a bad thing do you remember well i don't know well when i was younger the chicken pox was the big thing they didn't have a vaccine at the time if someone in the neighborhood or in the daycare had the chicken pox all the parents wanted their child to play with them because they wanted them to get the chicken pox so it could be done and over with. Yep. Because much worse later in life, right? It's much worse later in life. Yeah. So that is pretty much what they're saying as of right now, that with the COVID virus, if you get it, you develop antibodies. The antibodies are supposed to t protect you from either getting it again, or if you do contract it again, it shouldn't be as, you know, bad as it was the first time you had it some people get it and they have very mild symptoms other people like we have seen have passed away it can be fatal i've also have been doing some research and talking to people they think blood type have a lot to do with it as well apparently like o positive o negative blood type their symptoms or if they have symptoms are not as severe as some of like a positive blood type oh what are you what's your blood type I have no clue. I'm, I'm like, oh, I don't know if it's positive. Yeah, I forget it. I was like, so we'll see. I really don't know what I am. Um, more than likely, I'm probably A. I feel like almost a lot, the majority of people are A. O is very, very special to have O blood type. Hey, thank so, you. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I have 
you know, talk to patients about last week because everybody's coming in trying to get the antibody test that I've been discussing with other people. My opinion is that, yes, I feel like people should be careful and cautious, but you need to get back out there. You need to go and enjoy life. We need to get back to the way we were. We need to start shopping. We need to start eating. We need to start spending. We need to go back to a sense of normalcy. I don't think we need to be huddled up in the house anymore. If you see someone, you can hug them. It's not deadly where you hug them and then you fall on the floor. <laughs> so that's a good that's good news right there. Are you still wearing a mask out or no? I'm off and on. I wear a mask at work because I pretty much have to, but outside of work I do not wear a mask. Yeah. I've been wearing one because it's figured, I mean, there's no harm in wearing one. There's no harm in wearing one besides the fact that you're pretty much breathing in your own CO2 and your own viral stuff that you already have in your body. Yeah. But Whatever. Well, I've been hearing a lot of these nurses that work all day, these N95s are getting like CO2 headaches. Yes. Yeah. You need oxygen. <laughs> so you need to breathe fresh air. Now, what about, like, um, we don't know long-term implications, right? So no, but nobody, no one does. Right. Like I said, like when the chicken pox, like no one knew years ago that if you contracted the chicken pox that later on in life, you're going to get shingles. Mm -hmm. No one knew that. We don't know what's going to happen, right. but we also don't need to live our life in fear. This is true. Like polio, there's post-polio syndrome. Mm -hmm. That yeah. one's not as uh, well understood. <clears throat> so, all right, good. Some great information. What do you say? Is it time to pop the bottle? I think it is. Let's do it. All right, Brie, what are you drinking this week? This week, I have a brand called 22 Pirates. I have switched over to the dark side, and I'm on a red. No more rosés. Huh? No rosé today. 22 Pirates, all right. 22 Pirates. So we have a grocery store um, in Naples called Sea to Table Oaks Farms. Love it. Not everybody's maybe a fan, but I love going there. I have the best time every single time I'm at the grocery store, and that's very rare. Um, but there's a uh, – I'm not sure what the proper term is for him. He is an associate that works in the wine section. I don't know if he went to wine school or not. I hadn't asked him, which is a good question. I may talk to him. But I was looking for a wine called Prisoner because a friend of ours really enjoys it. I've never had it. But um, he was telling me that Prisoner is no longer made by the same company that it was like eight, 10 years ago. So he was like, if you like Prisoner, like the old one, he was like, you should try this one wine called Eight Years in the Desert. Apparently, the man that made Prisoner had a, signed a non-compete. For eight years, he wasn't allowed to make any wines in that category. Mm -hmm. So... That when the eight years was up, he made a wine called Eight Years in the Desert. We bought that one. And then he's like, and if you like this, you also like another brand called 22 Pirates. Because Eight Years in the Desert Prisoner is like a $50 bottle of wine. 22 Pirates is $19.99. And it is amazing. Oh. It, I'm like, for $20, $20 compared to like $50, I would rather pay for this. It, it has a velvet-like taste to it. It's very smooth. 
and it tastes pretty much like the other ones. Is so, it a or is that wine? It's a French wine. It's, um, it, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. It's Roe France. Um, apparently, it's um, it's because I was reading on their website. It says 22 Pirates is a global adventure in a bottle traveling the Roe region in France to California's central coast. Famous for producing award-winning wines, the Roe region celebrates 22 different varieties of grapes. Several pioneers brought Roe grapes to California, where they flourished. We developed the 22 brands to represent one pirate for each of the Roe varieties. 22 Pirates is exciting Roe blend that will stay the course. Vintage to vintage, what's the blend, you ask? Sorry, pirates never tell. So they won't tell you what exactly is in it, but I can tell you that it is good. It is a, let me take a sip right now. So I can see if I can. Let's little that. When you I hear my I think Merlot, I think Zinfandel, Carbonier. It tastes similar to a cab, right. if I had to say. Um, but like I said, I don't know what's in it. And I'm glad they don't tell. It's good. That's all you need to know. All right. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying your $20 bottle of wine. I went a different direction as I haven't worked in a couple months. So I'm being a little <laughs> cheap <laughs> with my wine purchases. Uh, and I'm going to expose myself a little bit here. I am drinking uh, a non-vintage. <laughs> Pacific Peak. This is uh, a purchase from Total Wine. This is our wedding wine. <laughs> so we bought this in bulk. It's, it's, I think it was like seven dollars for Magnum, and it's uh, it's very drinkable. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's amazing, but if you're on a budget and you want something that's uh, like table wine or a little bit nicer, actually, this Pacific Peak does a trick for me. Well, that's all that matters as long as you like it and it's tasty. I love it actually. I'm not, you know, I, I kind of know a fair amount about wine. I love wine, but I'm not, I don't turn many wines down. Well. So it's like acid or vinegar. I'm good. <laughs> well, doing our opening up session with our bottles, um, now that we have both popped a bottle, what do you want to discuss? I'm very excited about one topic that I want to talk about today. All right, you go first. I don't have any plans. So, of course, you know, as you all know, I've been planning my wedding, even though we're in COVID and people tell me I may not be able to get married in October. I'm not listening to them. I'm still going to plan it like I am. And I found my wedding earrings today at an antique store. They're antique or vintage Oscar, Oscar de la Renta, and I'm so excited for them. Sounds amazing. They are my something blue. Uh, but, okay, you have to have something blue. I'm so bad at this stuff, you know. <laughs> something old, something yeah. new, something borrowed, and something blue. That's for weddings? That's for weddings. <laughs> so my new is my dress that I spent money on. All so right. my something blue will be my earrings. They could be something old too, because like That's I said, they're vintage. Two birds, right there, right? You get the mm -hmm. old and blue. So I just need something borrowed. Why are they blue? Is it, what type of rock is it? Um, sapphire. Okay. Cool. I think that's my birthstone. When's your birthday? November. Mm mm. -mm. No. Mm mm. That's I think a um. 
It's a Yellowstone. November is yellow, I think. Guess what Juliana's is. Just take a wild guess. It's diamond. Her birthday's in April, isn't it? Of course. Yeah, it's a diamond. You're a Kardashian. That's what I call it. <laughs> I was like, my birthstone is a paradox. That's mine? Mine. Uh -huh. I put November birthday. I meant birthstone. The wine's getting me already. Okay, so November birthstone. That's not right. Topaz, yes, topaz oh, is your stone. I knew it was kind of blue, right? Topaz. So topaz is the warm color of, it's a citron, it's S-I, not S, I'm telling you the wine is getting me. C-I-T-R-I-N-E. Don't know. Oh, well, either way, it is the gift from the sun and is believed to be a healing gemstone. Topaz is most desired in the rich orange imperial topaz color, but it's found in a variety of rich colors like blue, pink, and yellow. So normally it is a, I call it the, like a canary, but it's like a, um, it's a rich orangey kind of color. All right. Yes. So there you have it. Now I know. Citrulline. And you will citrulline. Is it citrulline? No, it's not. Cit that's a medicine. No, that's it's like an amino acid or something. What is that? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me see what sapphire. Which birthstone? Which birthstone that is? Sapphire is September. Oh, I love a sapphire. It's September. And then mine is paradox. I do know that because I have. It's just like a green, like a light green color. Well, uh, I've been camped up at home. I don't have a whole bunch to really open up about. I thought instead we'd play this little wine game because I found this, uh, well, my wife found this game she had bought for me and I never even opened it up. And it's, uh, it's going to test your wine knowledge kind of game. And they have three categories. They test you on grape, region, and your vocabulary. You want to you try it? I'm not a sommelier. I know that's not how you say it. It's, was it what is it called? Somalia. Somalia. I know. I was like, I was hanging out with friends one night. And I was like, I want to be a Sambianye. And they're like, if you can't even pronounce the word, I don't even think you're going to be one. <laughs> it's cool. I actually looked into it. It's uh, like, there's a very finite number of Somalias in the country. It's, I think it's like under 1,500 or something like that. Like, I thought I it was more, less. I thought it was a lot less. It, it may be. I, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I think there's more Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts in the U.S. than there are. I believe it. <laughs> but and I think there's different tiers now, and it's intense. Like they just like give you a bottle of wine and you have to drink it and say, "Oh, that's a blindfolded French cab." You have to really you have to know your stuff. Yes. So, are you ready for a question? Yes. Which okay, this is under the category grape. Which of the following likely describes a wine made from petite Syrah grapes? Okay, so a, red. No, hold on. A, an elegant, smooth red with berry aromas. B, a light-colored, flowery red. C, tropical, flinty white. D, a deep-colored, inky, tannic red. So it's either it's either A or B. Okay, so elegant, smooth red with berry aromas or light colored, flowery red? I think it's A, personally. 
Because, yeah, it's not it's not very light. Why is it petite strawberry? It's not, it's not light. Shiraz is in the middle. Yeah. I'm going to go um, A. You're going to A as well? But C, it's not, it's dark. So maybe it's A or C. What's C again? A deep colored, inky, tannic red. A tannic, to me, is like cat. You see, I feel like a, okay, just, I think, let's just go with A. That's my final answer. It was D. Fuck. <laughs> we have to make this rated R. <laughs> what was D? D was, uh, I put the card away, one second. D was a deep colored, inky, tannic red. Oh, yeah. I don't like this game. Well, let's do one more. Okay, region. No, region's too hard. Let's go. Uh, I was like, the region has to be like Spain. Take the third word. I was like, I don't know what that word is. Yeah, let's, let's skip that. Okay, vocabulary. Uh, this one should be easy. Rioja is A, a method of making sherry, B, a wine from Spain, C, a rust colored wine, D, a grape type. A Rioja is C. A rust colored wine? Yes. It is rust colored, but isn't it usually from Spain? I yeah, thought it was from Spain. I thought it was a grape type. I want to say it's B, C, and D. <laughs> All right, you're going C, a rust color wine. How bad it is. I'm going, I got it right? I haven't looked yet. I'm going grape type. I could have sworn it was a grape type. Let's find out. B, a wine from Spain. Oh, so we both, so you should have went your gut instinct. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we got our work cut out for us. So maybe we'll do a couple of these cards a week. And I like that. I'm being, I'm educating myself. I'm preparing to take the exam to be a... There you go, the sommelier. A sommelier. <laughs> All right. Well, what else you got for me, Bri? Anything? Anything else going on? No. I'm sure I'll come up with something next week because we start back work full force. So besides that, I'm just, like I said... Just chilling, enjoying these last few moments of freedom before I have to go back to work. And then um, just planning my wedding. How's the uh, exercise regimen been? Um, it's still going. I mean, I um, work out with my trainer two to three times a week. Now that works back is only going to be twice a week with the trainer. And then I try to run on Saturday and Sundays and sometimes Fridays. Cool. Very cool. All right, well. And I'm still beating you in that, so I'm not even worried. Yeah. You just won that all together. All together. that to you. So, so we'll come up with another competition that's fun. All right. Now that we're out of quarantine, we don't have to be physically. Well, I mean, we should still be physically active, however, but it's not like we need something to stimulate our brain. Me going to work simulates my brain enough where I want to go to sleep when I get home. Very good. I have a couple guests lined up, so uh, you listen. Let's get them on. Yeah, so I think once this is all over, then we can start meeting in person, get some guests on the show. I've got Chris Edwards coming soon from Tricore Wellness. He's got a really cool company down here in Naples. I've got another patient who wants to talk about hip impingement. So we got some cool stuff on the horizon. I think so, and I was like, and I have a massage therapist, um, she would love to come on and talk about the, the benefits of massage therapy and how it can truly help with muscle relaxation and your overall well-being because it helps release stress and different energies because I believe in the holistic kind of aspect of medicine as well. Um, so I think we have a good couple of weeks coming, you know, 
soon as this whole quarantine is officially over, which I think next week it really is because the salons are open back up. So if I can get my nails done, I think we can hang out and have a podcast. That's definitely a very strong metric. Yeah, um, and I'm getting these nails done as soon as the salons. I'm going to be the first one at their door. Okay, let's call that a wrap. This has been Poppin' Bottles. I'm DJ Dr. Chris. And I'm your favorite nurse practitioner, Bree. See you next week. Bye.